0: We're going to read this morning's scripture together, and then we're going to pray. It's on the screens. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. I'm going to be reading with you. You're going to help me. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Ready? Let's read this together. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not in the temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's add to that prayer. And Father, we thank you. We thank you, first of all, for your covering today, for being with us, your protection from every thing that could come against us, sickness, disease, all those things. We thank you that you have protected us and you are bringing us back together. We lift up our pastor before you as he's with his family and we pray perfect rest and perfect peace upon him. I pray for all of us at home and the cars and here together that we receive all that your spirit has to give for us. I pray that we would refocus the things that your scripture is going to teach us to refocus on, that you're going to make a hard adjustment within each of us, and thus an adjustment to the way that we walk. We thank you for the presence of you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your sacrifice, God the Son, and we thank you for your Word, God the Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things, and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Heaven to me is simply the the title of the message today. I'm not much on on titles, but I just believe it's something that we have to focus on in the midst of all the things we have going on in our lives. And I want you just to think about the things that you have to deal with on a daily basis. So sharing with some of the others. I was thinking about uh, some guys that have told me after, after church today, there's some projects that your wife is giving you, but take time to, to think about heaven right now. Some of you are thinking about, man, I got the line and Denny's, I've got stuff I have to do, bills I have to pay. Some of you, Sundays to me used to mean football games, and I think there's an NBA basketball game on today. And in, in the light of all that, we need to take time and we need to think about heaven. It needs to be a focus daily in our lives. There's a a passage that I don't have for you on the screen here, but in Luke 9.51, it's one that I love because it it talked about focus, period. The Bible said Jesus set his face steadfast on Jerusalem. He was approaching the final days of his life, and and as he was going, he says, even though he was passing through a lot of places places to minister the gospel, he knew his ending place. And so having that in mind, he was focused on his end. And likewise, I believe you and I have to be focused on that. There's a word in scripture, one of my favorite words that I like to use, it's the word selah. You'll see it several times in in the Psalms. And in Psalms, Twenty four ten. The scripture says, "Who is the King of Glory? The Lord of Hosts. He's the Lord. He's the King of Glory." Selah. Psalms forty six eleven. It says this: "The Lord of Hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge." Selah. Selah means pause. Calmly think about that. Take a breath. I was thinking about the breath. Speaking of breath. I was thinking about all the things I get to do with y- you guys being here in church with me, how fun it is, rubbing elbows, taking a moment just to smell your cologne and your perfume, you guys being here with me, same thing, it's like that for us, we just take a moment, and I believe that what I, what I desire to do today is just get each of us to take a moment and think about heaven, and when you think about it, it'll change your priorities, and it'll change your focus. I want to talk a little bit about heaven. You'll see some scriptures there, but I'm going to just kind of give an overview of those scriptures. In Revelation 4 verses 1 and 3, we see a a daily picture in heaven, things that go on in heaven daily. Uh, One of the things that's mighty and is mighty intimidating to me is we see God, we see one sitting on the throne it talks about it here and also talks about it in the book of Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 6. Both these places, it shows, talks about what goes on in heaven. As one sits on the throne, it's mighty, and, it's, it, and his appearance is beautiful, but it's intimidating. So at the same time, he has these intimidating angels, these seraphim. One seraphim, I believe, probably could go to war and take out the world. And yet, those seraphim, it says, they flew around. They had all these wings. And with two of those wings, as they sang and spoke, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, two of those wings they used to cover their eyes because they couldn't look on the, constantly on the glory of God. Wow. It's a powerful thing to think about in heaven. Then we want to look at the, river, the, the real estate of God. And, and in... And in uh, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, talks about some things about the real estate of God, and he talks about the sea, and he talks about the new Jerusalem as he saw those coming in, as it was coming into play. The new Jerusalem, that city described with walls high, a city of gold, a city with streets transparent gold. I can't even imagine it. I'm trying to imagine the beauty of that. I've seen some pretty beautiful places, maybe not some of the places that you've seen, but I've been to Jerusalem, and I've seen some great places there. I've been to Hawaii, and even closer than that, some uh, places, some seas, even in Mexico, clearer than Hawaii. I've seen palm trees. I've seen all those things, but I can't even imagine gates of pearls and streets of transparent gold. And I think it points to the purity that heaven is going to show us, the purity, a place where there's no more sin. Wow. And yet, the key to these things, I believe, is at the end of of Revelation 21 and verse 22 and 23, he says, but, here's John writing, he says, but I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple.'" The city had no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is his light and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in his light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Kings of this earth bring their glory and honor into it. And I, I'm going to take some time to talk about this, but let me just emphasize that. Here it is. The thing that makes up heaven itself is the very presence of God. Illuminations for all eternity. The sun's not going to be needed. The moon's not going to be needed because there'll be a forever light. And his presence and his glory are going to be something for you and I to behold. And that's the true beauty of heaven. I think God gave us the description for some reason because you and I like stuff. If I told you, I mean, I remember having one house here on earth and looking up the hill at another house and saying, oh, that one's bigger, and that's better. I think to entice us, maybe God would say, let me, let me give you what heaven's going to look like because your real estate's going to be better. But I think when you look at God, and you're going to see that it's better. With that, I want to take some time, and I want to talk to you about heaven. Talked about those passages that I opened up with. And as as you're going there, if you want to open your Bibles back to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, I want to tell you sort of what led to this. I always ask God to, to confirm what he wants me to share with his people because this is his time, something he wants to be poured out to you. This doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong to anyone that's up here. It's his time. Like the worship team just did. Man, that was awesome worship. You know, search God, minister the way that he wants. I, was, um, I received a call a few weeks ago. And as you know, outside of here, how I earn my living, I'm a hospice chaplain. And I received a non-hospice call. A lady, a social worker at a facility in Westminster Called me and said, "Hey, you know, hi, Pastor Jim." She said, "I need to. Someone gave me your number, and I wondered if you'd come out and see a patient of ours." I Said he's really struggling. Told him, told her I would. I made arrangements. The next day, I went out. I met the, with the guy, and after some small talk and some things, I said, "Hey, what is going on? How? What? What can I help you with? How can I help you?" He said, "Well." He says, I, I have cancer, and I'm going to die. He said, I had bed, I'm bed-bound, and I, there's nothing I can do. He said, my sisters put me in this facility a few weeks ago because they're older like me, and, they're, and they can't take care of me anymore longer. He said, and the doctors gave me a short time to live. He said, and I'm scared. He said, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or not. Even though I'm a believer... I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or not. need help with that. He said, and I pray. He said, I seek the Lord daily. I'm a man of prayer. And I said, well, what do you pray? He said, I pray the Our Father. Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. And as I was thinking for a moment, the first thing I did, and after a pause. I'm thinking, how can I help this guy? How can I bring comfort to him? Lord, you got to give me something. Because see, when I go into a situation as a chaplain, it's not like a doctor. Got a headache, here's a couple of aspirin, a couple of Advil. See me in the morning. It's not like that. God has a solution for every person in every way. And the only thing I can think of, and as I brought myself into his situation, I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to die too, and I'm afraid. And in the instance, God, I didn't have the same fears that He had about not being in heaven for eternity, but I realized that there were things in this life that I was focused on, things in this life that I was afraid, or maybe what's going to happen when I, when I'm not here? Who's going to care for my kids? Did I pour enough into them? Did I tell them enough about you, Lord? I need more time. As a matter of fact, that guy told me, this man told me, if I just had a little more time, all I want is a few more days. I want to be able to walk again. I want to be able to do things that I didn't do. He said, see, I'm divorced. And as far as the east is from the west, he said, my wife lives on the east coast. in in New York, we've been divorced For 10 years or separated for 10 years not divorced all he wanted was more time and i began to think about my life and and the fears that i have because right now as far as i know it i have time and with that god confirmed what he wanted to share today and as he was talking about this prayer that's what leads me to what i'm going to share because i began to minister to him in this prayer I've got five things I want to share with you, and I believe this, this prayer, I always say this about the Scripture. The Scripture has height, and it has width, and it has depth to it. You're going to hear a teaching on this that's going to take you in a different direction, but today, I want to show you some things that the Holy Spirit gave me, I believe, that helps us to focus on heaven. Here's the first thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here's the first thing I want to share with you. God is to always be the center of your focus. God is to always be the center of my focus. Always, always. God is always the center of everything in our life. He's always to be that. We read earlier about the, the scene in the throne room of heaven And what we see right there, just as it is in heaven, everything revolves around God. We see these mighty, holy angels. (sighs) Man, I'm going to tell you, if a seraphim came here today, as much as I love God, you guys forgive me, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm out. I'm out. Right now. I'm I'm maybe not as brave as some of you. Some of you might say, I'd sit there and talk to him. Good for you. I'm out. He's, they're mighty creatures. And yet, here they are, revolving around God and saying, holy, 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 declaring, speaking truth is the Lord God Almighty. He saying he's worthy and honor to receive all glory and all honor and all praise. And if those mighty angels can do it, so can we. He's to be the center of our focus right now. God is to be the center of our focus. But in the middle of that, as those seraphims spoke the truth, I have to rely on the truth of God. And this is what I was telling that man. See, God's Word is always truth. And God's Word is the thing that helps me come to a place of peace, even when I'm not worthy, even though when I I realize the sin in my life, I realize what he's done and the love of God that covers our sins. The Apostle Paul shared this same kind of love with the Church of Rome in Romans 8:38. This is where he says. He says, For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You see, all my intimidation about who he is and about the Sarah from singing and about this holy throne goes away. It doesn't diminish my honor for God. It doesn't diminish my recognition for who he is, the respect that I need to give to him. But now I know that he's a God of love. He gave a part of himself, his only begotten son, to die for me, to do something that I couldn't do in order that I might spend eternity with him. It was his love for me that brought that It, 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 it changes my focus all of a sudden. When I'm focusing on the glory and honor of God, now I can focus on also his word that comes along with it and everything he speaks is true. Look at Deuteronomy says, he's the Lord. Everything he does is true, it's perfect. I love that. And so his love is true. But let me tell you something. And then if, if it's not enough for us to understand what Jesus did. Here it is in Revelation 21 in verse 4, and I love this. It says this, simple, and God will wipe away every tear. Now I'm this guy. I am a a dreamer. I feel like I missed my calling. I should have been a screenwriter. I should have done some movies because I dream when I read the scripture. So I have this picture. Maybe any of you that have kids or grandkids or Nieces or nephews, the kids you take care of, you might have remembered moments like this. I can remember my first special moment. My son, he's crying. He comes to me and daddy's in that special place. I'm the one the son comes to. He's crying. He comes to my arms. I reach out. I grab him. I pull him on my arms, holding him with one hand, sit down and so I can hold his little face. With my thumb, not my first finger, I might poke him in the eye. (laughs) With my thumb, I wipe away his tears. Here it is. Check it out. I believe (laughs) God has a thumb for each of us. He wants to show you his love. See, every tear that that you're... Looking at, when you're taking a look at yourself, you go, I don't deserve to be here in heaven. I'm not worthy. Tear that falls for that, God wipes away your tear. When you say, God, I, I failed, and this is when I, when I was sitting before that guy and I'm talking to him and he's talking about he wants another chance, I'm saying, I still have a chance because there are things in raising my six kids, moments that I've missed that God says, I'm wiping away your tears. You sold the seeds that you you did at that time. I'm the God who multiplies seeds. When you've messed up, I'm the God that can fulfill everything you have. He wipes away a tear. Tears of despair, tears of sorrow. There'll be no more death. No more pain, no more suffering. All those tears with his thumb one for each of us, our God takes time to be with each of us, to wipe away our tears. (laughs) That's worthy of a praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Picture of God's love. The second thing. In verse 10 of Matthew 6, it says this, your kingdom come, Your will be done on heaven and on earth as it is in heaven. Focus on the kingdom of God now. His rules are God's rules, God's way. I have this, this picture of heaven that immediately when God says go, they go. He says come, they come. It's an immediate thing. His will is done in heaven. And he's saying, right now here on earth, that's the way it should be in our lives, right now. There's so much, so many things that go on in our lives, and I'll tell you, there are certain practices that we have, there's certain things in our lives that we have to get used to. You know, um, every morning we get up, there's a routine that we have in our lives, might get up and... Look at yourself in the mirror. Maybe you brush your teeth first. I have a habit. My wife scolded me. She, says, you know, she tells me, honey, I'm, she's here. Anyway, she says, hey, why don't you brush your teeth first? Because I get up and immediately for me, after I take care of the first necessity, I'm grabbing my Bible and I'm going to a quiet place. Just something that's in me, something that I have to do. It's just a discipline. I believe right now you and I need to discipline ourselves in preparation and focus for heaven. It means that we take a portion of our day every day and focus on where we're going and the place that we're going to. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 28. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. I believe that he's talking about two things here jesus had come to them in this place and he was telling them hey the kingdom of god heaven has come to you right now and then he's saying also you have the spirit of god that has come upon you right now and to us as believers we have the spirit of god that has given us place and the ability to focus on god we'll have no excuse when we get to heaven not to have had this focus not to to have taken time to focus on God. God has given us that right now. The kingdom of God begins now. Our focus should be now. Here's the third thing. He says, "And give us this day, in verse 11, our daily bread." The third thing I want to share is this is God is our sole provider. He is the sole provider of our daily needs. He's the sole provider of our daily needs. Here it is, the God, the creator of all things, knows what you and I need. We're not just talking about bread. We're not just talking about the money that comes to us. Here's what happens. For each and every one of us, there's a God assignment. I've had a habit in my lifetime, one of the things that the Holy Spirit works on me, and thank God, over the time I've given glory to God, as I've matured spiritually, this has gone away. And it diminishes. Started as an athlete when I was playing high school and college football. If there was a touchdown to be scored, <laughs> I wanted to score it. Football is a team sport, right? I wanted to be the guy. So I would dream his night. He catches another touchdown, and they win 50 to nothing. I scored them all. I even kicked. <laughs> and God said, no, you have your portion. I'm going to provide for you in your portions, the house you live in. Don't look at your neighbor's house, even if it's bigger and they got all the cool stuff. God's giving you your little 13-inch black and white TV. Some of you don't know what that is. For a purpose. Use it. Have somebody over. Maybe they have steak and lobster and you've got Campbell's soup. Make the best Campbell's soup you have. For that, Whatever God's giving you, that's what he wants you to use. He's our sole provider. He knows our needs. He knows when we're ready to go to the next step, the bigger house, more people to minister to. God knows. He's our sole provider. God knows what we need. Let us have a, the prayer that the writer in, in Proverbs 30 had. Proverbs 37, he says this. He was praying this. He said, two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted me. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. The prayer is simply, God, give me what is allotted to me. I think sometimes, and I'm just going to share this, this is free. I believe sometimes God will allow us to have more than we're supposed to. I think he'll give us more than we're supposed to, to show us why he didn't in the first place, to show us that we're not ready. He'll give you that boat that you wanted, Hey, I'll, spe- I'll go to the river, speedboating for God. I'll put a- even put a sign on it. Jesus is Lord. And then the payment comes in. And you're working extra jobs and the kids miss you. You don't have the fellowship you're supposed to have with your wife. Sundays, instead of being at church, you have to take the overtime to pay the payment. God, there's an allotment for each of us. Give glory to God. Thank God. He's the giver of all things. Focus on Him. For the, the, the fourth thing I want to share, verse 12 says this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. See, God, the fourth thing I want to share, God is the God of love and forgiveness. I share this one. I believe this one is here for us in this prayer to, to let us know that our heavenly focus is to also be a focus on our heavenly attitude. It's an attitude that we need to have right now. It's one that we'll carry on to heaven. It's one of love, and it begins right now. It's one of love until the fullness. I want to share with you some deductive reasoning that I just went through as I was contemplating this scripture myself. Here it is. If all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as the scripture says, and if the wages of sin is death, as the scripture says, then heaven is a place where the forgiven of God dwell for eternity. Heaven is a place that shows God's love. The forgiven of God dwell for eternity. And if this forgiveness is an act of God's love, John 3, verse 16 For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and whomever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you and I need to practice love with the act of forgiveness right now. There's those in our lives who have done far less to us than we have done to God. You know the Scripture where it says, man, if, you know, if you, before you can go to the throne room, you leave your gift at the altar and go back and seek forgiveness. I believe also we can go back and give forgiveness, receive the, the forgiveness of God. John, First John 4, 7 says this, For love, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Church, we have to be a, one that shows the world and the church amongst ourselves that we love God. Here's the final point, the fifth point. And verse 13 says this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Fifth thing is our Father in heaven is our source for overcoming evil. It's an everlasting source, a source from glory to glory. And the evil that he helps to overcome us, there's several of those things. There's an evil that's within me. There's an evil that's within you, believe it or not. He helps us from our own self. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart Is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God. God knows the depths of our hearts. He knows whether or not you and I are really doing what we're supposed to. In Jeremiah 17:10, it shares that. It says, I the Lord search the heart and I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doing. He knows our hearts, and he knows what our true intentions are. God knows us better than we know ourselves, so we should constantly be seeking him. He knows when I do something, why I do it. We also have this in, in 1 Peter 5.8. The scripture says this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We have an enemy that don't, he doesn't want you to forget. Peter didn't want us to forget that enemy. He's always trying to find a way. To bring us down. He's always trying to entice us. But God is a source that can hold back even the enemy. God also says this, and I, He says this Himself. In John chapter 16, verse 33, He says this These things that I have spoken to you, that in in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And as I conclude with my final verse, the worship team can come on up. I want us to have focus on that. As I was sharing something with you earlier, I shared that as I was talking with that guy, Because as I was ministering to him and as he shared his fears and the things that he was going through, as I was intimidated myself about my lack, I remember as I was sharing these passages of Scripture with him, the model prayer, one that he said that he had gone to, but that he hadn't contemplated its meaning, thought about this last thing. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I was thinking, God is with us. He's not going to leave us in this moment and the moment to come. He wants to dwell with you and I throughout eternity. We have him. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for your word. It brings life. And it brings hope. We thank you as your word demonstrates the love that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, as your spirit takes your word and adjusts our focus to a place that maybe we can see a little more clearly the direction that we have to go in and what you have for us. We thank you as your word changes our hearts. There's a new transplant that is available to us through your word. We thank you as your word demonstrates the everlasting love. Nothing can separate us from that. So we thank you right now, Lord. We give honor to you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.